So full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your hosts of the day be Couple guess too We're gonna win the trophy when overdue Can we do the double make it deja vu It's a move London thing Third one is only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in He's only got one E but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the show side, with the show side With the show side's what we sing With the show side, with the show side Now it's a new London thing Yo, 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 It's the Shelfside Podcast, your weekly Spurs podcast. From the fans to the fans. It's the magnificent, smooth-talking, outrageously funny, Kwabna. Alongside... You like that? So much pressure. So Deliver. You have to deliver. I'm in a good mood. Obviously, I'm Andrew, and we are the Shelfside Podcast, and this is episode 46... You know how we do, Kwabna, so give me a name to go with that number. You know, at 46... I feel You're going like to struggle. I, I feel like I know this one. Did Ben Slepp wear 46? 42. Damn it, 46. Uh, ah. You're on the right path. You're on the right path. There were about three similar style central midfield players who came, obviously, through the academy with numbers like that, but central midfielders who have worn that number in recent years. One is also left-footed. That should, or may or may not help you, be undersized. And the other was also a little bit slight. Um, a lot was expected from him, but got injured and moved on. They've Carol, all moved on Carol. now. Tom Carroll's one. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's the main one. He's the main protagonist of the Oh, he's number. the main one. Okay. Uh, and the other ones, they've all moved on, yeah? Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Both, both the other two have moved on. They both actually have made debuts. I think they both have played one game for Spurs in central midfield and both played really well. Huh. Both under Poch. I don't know why I want to say Lesniak, but I don't think that's right. Who's that? Lesniak, but I don't think that's right. Is that right? No. Uh, no. No, I don't know the other one then. So, Tashon, Oakley Boothroy. Oh, yeah, Booth, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Luke Amos. Luke Amos, man. How's he doing at QPR? When he, he got injured um, shortly after. Well, he was injured, wasn't he, when um, he was at Spurs. Didn't kind of recover. We sold him on. Then I think he had a bit of an injury. But I think he's playing well. I think he's kind of justifying um, what everyone expected from him. So cool. hopefully we'll see him soon back in the Prem. Cool, man. So yeah, I'm gonna do the admin. Let's get it done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, butcher a few cities. Actually, I'm not gonna butcher a few cities because you can correct me because you know the states like the back of your hand. And we had Philly before. <laughs> I say that. I don't think we have had Philly. No, no, I don't think we have. I've got, I've, so I've got a love hate relationship with Philly. No, love hates a bit strong, man. But it's like I love some of their sports teams. For example, love the 76 76s right now. I think Philly. You, you and I are not friends. Yeah, I think Philly cheesesteaks are massively overrated and have some of the worst. I went to the best, supposedly the best place to eat them as well. Not good, man. Don't yeah. go there. Don't go. Don't have a Philly cheesesteak. It's just going to be disappointing. Um, but yeah, cool city. Great music scene. Great music scene. So, yeah. Can I just? I've got a book to, um, I need to recommend to you. It's called How to Make Friends and Influence People. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that book. Thanks for plugging that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I am not. 
I've never been to Philly. I do want to go, but obviously, being a Boston Celtic, uh, we really don't get on with the Philly gang. So, <clears throat> Embiid and Co. We're not fans of. But anyway, New City shout to you guys. Thank you for joining us. And we've got. I want to class this as an international city. Um, Dunfermline. Uh, up in Scotland so thank you for joining us and thank you for all the new listeners and for the regular listeners and now my friend we need to get into it we do man we do it was it was an insipid performance yep that's about right it was an insipid performance and look we really appreciate you guys uh, listening and that is through the ups and the downs this is definitely a down um, what we're kind of there's no there's no dressing up really we're not gonna put you know <coughs> lipstick on a pig it is what it is it is what Miss it Piggy. is <laughs> oh, oh she was a bit of a spice back in the day to be honest nice bit of bacon um, but but I think that there's some there's some constructive way to break this down there were some tactical failings and we obviously were talking off air. Andrew, about some of those things and what they might be like. And you pointed out quite a big one. And considering how much hype had gone in to the front three beforehand, you identified something quite early that could be a pivotal point. So do you want to take the listeners through that? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if uh, anyone can point out the pod, but we did mention it, right? So with Gareth Bell as much as he brings to the table. And that's a lot um, in an attacking sense, craft, um, power, genius, um, as well as vision. The one thing, and this is why Mourinho, I believe, was reluctant to play him, was because he doesn't have the legs at the moment. And he may never have the legs to play in the role in which Mourinho really wants to play him, which is... Not as a centre-forward as he probably sees himself these days, Bell, but as a wide attacking player. Because with that role, as we've seen with the likes of Lucas, you have to be great going forward and you have to do a shift defensively, right? So we pointed that out a couple of weeks ago. And I did say in the big games against sides that are one of the top sides, sides that are not afraid to attack and throw their fullbacks forward, um, we are going to struggle with Bells on the right-hand side because it's going to be a two-on-one scenario for our fullback, especially, especially if we go 4-2-3-1 and not 4-3-3 because what that means is Hoybier and Dombele cannot cover either flank effectively um, if one of the forwards is cheating. And effectively, that's what Bell would do, right? You're not going to see Bell putting in a shift. His body cannot cope with that right now. And that was one of the biggest factors that swung territory, momentum and possession in the scum's favour in the first half, right? How many times, and we already know this, Tyranny is going to get forward. That's what he did at Celtic. That's what he came into Arsenal to do. And he's done it to good effect. People don't rate him. Some people do love him. I used to watch Celtic, so I know about him and I like him. And to be fair, you've got that coupled with Doherty not playing well and I'm not going to rinse Do- Doherty I'm not going to rinse him because I think he's not a bad player he just is in a bad moment and he's in a team that doesn't play to his strengths right yeah there's no but 
No, no, he's poor. He's been playing poor. He's been playing poor. But let's just look at it like this, right? And then the reason there's a reason I'm saying this, and I'm not just saying it because I want to be kind to Doherty. I'm saying this because Doherty wasn't shocking at Wolves. He played as a wing back. He's now been asked to play as a right back. Maybe not his strength. But do you know what? You can get away with it when your team are playing well. You can get away with it when your team are dominant. You can get away with it when the majority of the work you have to do is going forward. When you're defending a two against one often and when you're defending constantly and you are not the best right back, you're going to struggle. So that's why they were so dominant. They didn't really come down the right-hand side in the first half. It was all left, 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 left. And they should have and probably should have scored a few um, before they actually equalised. So that was one of the tactical failings I saw. And I touched on the other one, um, which is Mourinho doesn't seem to know. Not seem to know, I'm being nice. Mourinho doesn't know his team, right? He doesn't know his best team and their limitations and their strengths. Okay. Why I say that is we always seem to play the wrong formation at the wrong time. Easy to play 4-2-3-1 against Burnley at home. Easy to play against Crystal Palace at home. Maybe Fulham away was tougher than those games. It obviously was. We only won 1-0. But make adjustments. Think about who you're playing. Every time we play the scum at their place, they're on top. They're on top, they're at home, they're rampant, they throw their fullbacks forward without a care in the world. Yes, if you're solid at the back, you can exploit those gaps left behind in the fullback areas. But Shaka was dropping in to make a free quite often, and the centre-backs were able to split to cover those areas. So Arteta got that right. But what we didn't do is we were going to be outnumbered in midfield, and we were because Tierney was tearing it up. Saws was going forward as well. You're creating a four-man midfield against a two often, especially if Bell's not dropping back, and you're getting outnumbered. You and I could have told Jose that was going to happen, right? So play 4-3-3. Win the midfield battle. We say every time the midfield is the most important area of the field. Win that battle. You've got to fancy Kane, Son, Bell, or any combination, including Lucas, against a free defender's um, for Arsenal, right? If it comes to that three on three or even three on four, we'll take our chances, but win the midfield battle. And if you want to play four two three one, because you've been playing that and it's got you some rewards, then do you know what you need to do? Let your fullbacks go and take that gamble. Make sure Hoybier is dropping to make that three and let your fullbacks go. Push their fullbacks and their forwards backwards and then you dominate territory, possession, and you get the momentum. But if you're going to play 4-2-3-1 and you don't do that, you've got four forwards, as I keep on saying, ahead of the ball often, but you're playing defensive and sitting back. So there's this big gap in the middle of the park and they just dominate. And I'll breathe and I'll hand it back. You know, I think it's I think the, the mentality point was a really important one, right? So you've definitely spoken about how... I mean, I don't want to say lopsided. Or the thing is, it's like... Bell's a tough one, as you as you identified, because what you give up, like defensively, I think you double up 
attacking wise, right? It's not even like a, an even out thing. Potentially, you you double up, attacking wise, right? Potentially, uh, yeah. and I think the problem that we had was that we set up to play. We set up with an attacking team, a team that was built uh, was chosen on form, but we didn't set up to play against the team we were playing against right the mentality we had was different we set up an attacking team but we had them we adopted the mentality of playing a man city or a liverpool in their prime like that's how we set up yeah um, so that's good. how we that's how we that's how we approached the game Play. but we set yeah. up like we were playing against burnley or palace right and for me the two things just don't correlate I think if you are going to put out a team like that, then go out and attack. Exactly. That's what you should go do. You it. should go out and attack and you should go and see what you can get out of the game. You should push the boundaries. You should allow your attacking players to express, to show some verve if you are going to play that team. That team has, has been... I mean, I don't think we've actually been as good as the scoreline suggests, but it's been way more enjoyable to watch. They've had a lot more freedom. People have been trying things, right? You've given them a platform to try things. And then when you... When you put them out on that pitch, you would suggest that based on the, the team that's been picked, you're enabling them to go and do that. But then to have that lineup and to sit in your half and to soak up pressure and try to hit them on a counter-attack for a team that isn't better than us, hasn't got a better squad, and is definitely not in as good form, it seemed like a massive missed opportunity. And that mentality, that approach, is why I think undermined us even more so than the way in which... He the team that he selected. I think the scary thing is that it highlighted for us that there's still we've been saying this all season. There's still no patterns of play, and it's really difficult for me to accept that as a Spurs fan because for so long we've seen that we've seen patterns of play. We've seen it happen where it's been you know very good and expressive under people like Martin Yo, and then been a bit more regimented and a bit more stifling under people like One Day Ramos and AVB. AVB but we've yeah. seen passages of play like an idea, right? This just felt like we'd gone straight back to let's soak up, let's hope one of our players can do something amazing and live with the results. But we've just gone off the back of like four straight wins where we've seen great performances six six straight wins actually where we've seen great performances where we've seen people liberated the shackles are off oh who are they taking the handbrake off Tottenham are now excited to watch and then just when we're enjoying all of those platitudes and plaudits we decide to not do it against our rivals we decide to revert back to what wasn't working before we decide to dull the sharp attack that we've been waiting for all season it doesn't make any sense and to see how Lucas played and his determination to get out of the defence, to get out of the defence and make things happen, and the gap in quality between what he was doing and what the attacking guys around him were doing. The fact that Harry Kane up to the 70th minute hadn't had a touch, like an opposition box. That stuff like that, is, there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for that. And we always hear Mourinho say, that's not what I told him to do. That's not the way you set up. But honestly, if I hear that one more time, we were playing like we were managing like we were managing like Mourinho. He's shown that if you don't follow his way, you don't play. Exactly. You don't play. Exactly. These guys are not. He's making to changes. Do that. Yeah. He's making double subs and treble subs at twenty minutes and half time. So that's all bollocks. Sorry, that's all bollocks. Can I? Do you, Do you know that I was thinking about this today? 
right, patterns of play. And I know I keep on going back to Trevor and we had Trevor on and this is something you mentioned and and he was like, um, Jose's pragmatic, right? I think Jose, and I've said this before, Jose doesn't do anything with the attack play, attacking play. Like you touched on it, right? We've got some juggernauts of forwards, like real juggernauts. World class game changers, like yeah. But but Jose knows this, so what he's doing is trying to create a platform and allowing them to do what they can do because there's three of them, maybe four at any given day. If you include Delhi, Lucas, Lamella, we all know they've got gold in their boots on any given day. And this is the thing, right? When you create that solid platform. This is what happened in December. We were able to use those moments of brilliance to win games. And that's what Jose does. He sets us up to play in moments, typically to play in the space when we play on a counter. But what we struggle to do often is when we don't have possession and it's tight in midfield, we struggle to play football. And that's because we don't revert to a pattern playing. And I liken it to a boxer, right? I think Spurs are like a boxer, fighter, who's coming to the sport a bit late, but it's got power and gold in their gloves or in their boots, right? So if you think about one of those boxers, uh, Skelton wasn't the greatest example, but he came in late. Even Joshua probably picked up boxing late, right? I think Joshua's a good one, actually, because what you've got there in Joshua, you've got all that power, you've got that jab, that jab and that overhand right. That's Kane. Consistent. Jab. Bam, bam, bam. And when he's ready, throws that overhand right. Yeah. Always on the money. Yeah? Then you've got your hooks, your left and your right hook in Bell and Sonny. Okay? Ready to knock you out if they connect. And they can connect. And it's a good punch. Then you've got, I guess, your uppercut. And maybe that's Lucas, right? He's um, He's often underused. But when he hits... Like the uppercut, when you throw it, because you don't throw it all the time, but when you throw it, it can produce absolute magic. Yeah. Right? Then you get, you've got probably the rabbit punch, which is Eric Lamella. Like a bit <laughs> cheeky, a bit naughty in the back of the head. But effective, it can be effective, right? But what is, what your is body... mentality was, you just jab to let you know that you're like, you're not messing around, like you're willing to go there. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> exactly. They're a bit shook. Exactly. Yeah, some brilliance, but that cheekies, he's probably the rabbit punch and a little poke in the eye. And then you've got your, I guess you've got your um, body punches in Dombele and Hoybier, right? But what you're lacking is your defence. So you are a flat trap bully. You are actually beating up those teams that, yeah, you can outpower, you can knock out, you can bang them up over four rounds get an easy victory. But when you get into that title match or when you come up against a proper contender, what happens? They can nullify your attack for the most part. Yeah, you've still got that soccer punch. You've still got that that counter and you've still got that jab. But if they can get inside that jab or the jab's not quite working, then what happens? You get knocked down. And as a boxer who hasn't grown up boxing, as Joshua showed against Ruiz, when you get knocked down, This is when you have to revert to what you have been training from the age of six, seven, eight, nine in doing, which is tucking up, which is rolling, which is bobbing and weaving, which is grabbing, which is pulling, which is going against the rope. These things that enable you to catch your breath, which enable you to sustain, which enable you then to build attacks from 
after you have sucked up half an half a minute, a minute, two minutes in the round, got through that round to get to the next round. These are your patterns of play that you revert to each and every time when you are under the cosh. The triangles you use to get from out of a position in the fullback area or in the centre-back area to progress you into midfield, then you know instinctively that player A or player B will be to your left, to your right. Your pattern of plays are your defensive structures that you have as a boxer that you have trained from the age of six. But without that, as a heavyweight boxer, as a champion boxer, it doesn't matter. When you get knocked down and you don't have that, you don't have enough sense or awareness to do all the things necessary that come instinctively to you when you are under the cosh and invariably you get knocked out and you lose your title. Well, my friend, that is Spurs. We didn't quite get knocked out, but we got knocked down and we lost our senses and then we gave up the lead. We were winning on points, even though we were playing counter and that was almost good night. We did try and come back. We got that plucky energy, but we got a little bit of heart. But my friend, we don't have that style, that pattern of play that will see us through when times get hard. And I had to use a boxing analogy this weekend with the passing of the great, marvellous Marvin Hagler. R.I.P. R.I.P. Man. R.I.P. Those hands were. Those hands were serious. Those hands were fucking <laughs> serious. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, everything, everything you said was bang on. It's kind of like. It's really frustrating in a game where we saw a bit of magic from Lavella, which shouldn't be understated. But and I, do you know what? I'm kind don't of don't move on from it. Don't move on from I'm it. Kind Do of, not move on. I'm from not going to move. I, I, I am. Okay. I think it's one of those things where it it really makes you look at the player, right? So yes, he hasn't got a right foot. <laughs> he hasn't got a right foot to speak of, yeah. But if you can do that kind of stuff on your left, then who's really going to be complaining? Do you know what I mean? Bale's got no right foot. I've seen him score a couple ones, right? But he hasn't really got a right foot, right? What Eric Lamella did at that that moment of brilliance, that snapshot, you put players like him in there for that kind of thing. Um, We also, on the other side of it, it's like... Sorry, I'm going to stop you. You know I like my curveballs. I'm not letting this moment pass (laughs) just like that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I know. You know why? Because had we won the game... You're right. That's all we'd have been talking You're about. You're absolutely right? right. You're absolutely right. Had that been Ronaldinho back in the day, had that been Mess, Messi, it would have been shown around the world and that's all we'd been talking about. Every schoolboy would be at, in the playground on Monday afternoon practicing a Rabona. So let's not let this moment pass, right? It was absolutely ludicrous. Lamella is ludicrous and I use that word for many reasons, but ludicrous in a positive sense for this moment in time, right? The skill, the goal, and you probably think, oh, he's just gassed up. But for me, it's one of the top five Premier League goals of all time in the Premier League era. And hear me out before I say this, right? You've got to consider a few things. The technical difficulty of that goal ranks as high as you will see for any goal that you want to present to me in terms of top five goals ever in the Premier League, right? Okay. The shock factor, nobody expected it whatsoever. Even though we've seen him do Rabonas before, and people often do a Rabona for a cross, nobody in that moment expected him to do that. You saw his own teammates, who see him every single day, shock horror of what he just pulled off. The audacity like he chose to use in that moment 
was outrageous and added to the fact that have you ever seen a, a Rabona goal scored in the Premier League before? The rarity no, of not, that yeah, feat. Yeah, yeah, it's never it's never happened. Yeah. It's never happened. Look, you're you're right to make sure that we, we don't we don't gloss over that. And look, I'm very much a don't get too high, don't get too low kind of person, which is probably why I'm willing to just like carry on going. But you're right, this this goal does deserve it's just it's just uh, it's just due because to get it right there into the bottom corner for, with, to, with Ben, you know, to, with and ben, a nutmeg, and to get it through all those all those players, nutmeg. Yeah, it was a moment of brilliance, and even with even with the sending off, I don't think it devalues that because his maverick, it shouldn't it shouldn't devalue no, it should, it. no, you're right because his maverick approach to football is what makes him the player he is, and there's so many people who, if you remove their personality, they become half the player, right? The technical brilliance, right? Some people look, I, I. I've always thought that Lampard hasn't got much of a personality. Like, I don't think he's got much of a personality at all, right? <laughs> Apart from the fact that he tries really, really hard. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got, the personality, right? So for him, it's like, if you take his personality away, does it impact, does that impact his, um, his ability? Really? Once he gets to a certain... Obviously, that's what kind of drove him to get to that level. But once he gets to that level, does it really change his ability? Not that much. Whereas if you take someone's, like, personality, like, Delhi's personality away, or you take, like, Rooney back in the day, that, like for want of a better phrase, excuse my language, but that cuntish behaviour, if you take that away from him, yeah, he's half the player, right? Mm-hmm. Lamella needs to be that kind of guy and you run that risk, you run that risk and to be honest, if we're really, if we're truthfully honest as a, as a, as a fan base, despite his failure to meet the demands or the expectations of his price tag and who he came into to replace, all that kind of stuff, that behaviour has probably done more good for us than, than, than not. And, yeah, no, it has. And it that, has. and that goal, that goal. He's got two. He's got two Rabonas. Two Rabonas. One from outside the box. Bro, and one, one just. It's like crazy. It's it's mad. It is mad, and it's just a massive shame that this this goal won't get the adulation it deserves because it come in a loss. Not only did it come in a loss, it came in a drab performance, and unfortunately, that's going to no, count against. And him. no, it's going to count against him. But I'm not going to let it happen, Club. No, you're not listening to me. I am not going to let it happen. <laughs> you know what? It happened on the watch of Clive Tilsley old and that's oh, Alan Smith who dry dead oh, guy oh, dead bro. dead bro. commentator bro. so biased as well why is he always oh, why is he always commenting the Tottenham oh, games well, I don't know why I is he always commenting the Tottenham games I don't know it we drives me insane 7-0 and he'll be like oh yeah but you know he should have had 8th and I'm like what's the matter with you like, what, why? he basically said the ball trickled in but can I just say like, listen this guy bun him Bun both of them because they had three opportunities to watch it back and none of them gave it the source that it deserved. Andy Gray, like you may hate him, love him, he may be a sexist, whatever, but when Andy Gray used to say, take a bow, son, it meant something, <laughs> right? It absolutely meant something. And oh, listen, listen to me, I want to hear that. I want to see that goal with South American commentary that they give it the respect it deserves. Like, I'm not giving this one up. I'll tell you why I'm not giving it up as well, right? These commentators, they don't even know what to say about the skills. I've never heard a commentator say flip-flap, Ronaldo chop. Never heard them say anything like that. All they know is a step-over and maybe a back heel and a nutmeg. So they, they need to go. 
They need to go, 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 go. Like even Jonathan Pierce, who I used to love, like I've never heard him say a flip-flap or anything like that. They need to describe these things in detail. No one said Rabona. Oh, it was a nice little flick. No, there are flicks and there are Rabonas. And he did a Rabona. And sorry... Different I was celebrating source, this goal. Source. Yeah, different source. I was celebrating this goal by myself, not because we won no up. I'm too long in the tooth to know to celebrate after 20 odd minutes. <laughs> Especially in the derby, bro. In the derby. <laughs> in the derby. Away. I'm way too old for that. But I was celebrating the audacity of the goal. And usually, not through lockdown, but when it's obviously normal times, I'll be celebrating or watching a game with either Tottenham friends or even some Arsenal friends in the LNZ. Obviously, we live in the side where we've got friends out of both. And, but they're football purists. So they would have shown the respect for the goal. Like, although my daughter comes to the matches with me, like she's very much a modern, sociable, I can Instagram and snap this, and I like the look of Delhi type of um, <laughs> girl. She's not actually grown up playing football. No, I'm t- it's the truth. Oh like, it's the truth. I pay over a £1,000 for a season ticket to, t- to crush on Delhi. It's fine. Um, my boyfriend won't like that, but he knows. Anyway, the thing is, oh my days. I've gone, oh my God, it's a Rabona. She's gone, who? Huh? She said, who? My son, because I've been training him and saying, when you're on that side, use your left foot. When you're on that side, use your right foot. He's gone, Dad, he should have used his right foot. I'm like, don't worry about it, it's a Rabona. <laughs> And then the missus, well, the little boy, he's obviously too young. And the missus, she's like, she don't even see deflections in real time. So, and she's a goon. So there's like no emotion there. So I'm going mental by myself. And the commentators were just allowing me to go mental because they weren't even gassing up the it situation. Felt, it's, so, it's, it's one of those times where you really understood that there were no crowds there. Like the, yes. there was no hype for, like, for the commentators. Usually the commentators could try and build that like themselves. It was dead out. But no, get rid of Alice Smith, man. He's rubbish, bro. He's rubbish. Yeah, he's a yeah. crappy com- columnist. He's a crappy commentator. Bias. Get him out of here. Uh, look, listen. If you want to just do Arsenal, Arsenal um, games, you want to make it like a flipping Arsenal fan TV. Like, do that, do that. But I don't want to hear him again on the Tottenham on the Tottenham game. Him and Keon. Bun them. I know they're different channels, but bun both. Yeah, of them. yeah, yeah. Bun them, bun them, bun them, bun them. Scumbags. And now I'm gonna let it go. Scumbags. Right, I think um, I've given it enough. No, you have. You know, you have. You have. Um, look, there's not much to say apart from like it's the it's the age old. Oh well, when you look at how we played in the last ten minutes, if we played like that from the beginning, we probably would have won like four 0 But we didn't. Boxer again. Boxer yeah, again. Yeah. Come Although back I tell you one win. thing that I will say, before Harry Kane hit that free kick, I said to, I said to myself, he's either going to hit the post or go yeah. like hit the woodwork. Sorry, wood, woodwork or go way over. Yeah. If we learn anything from, from Harry Kane, is that if he practices something, yeah, he's going to get eventually. So all of the people who are out here saying he should take free kicks, I've seen him score free kicks since Aston Villa, and that was deflected, blah, blah. Brother, I'm happy for this guy to continue, because right now we don't have that great... Yes, we have Bale, but from the, from the right-hand side, from the left-hand left hand side, side, from the left-hand side, we don't have that many options. I'm happy for this guy to keep taking them, you know, and get Yeah, well, eventually. the thing is, the thing is, I predicted, I remember being at Wembley watching him take a free kick and I said, exactly. I said, he's going to go around the wall and he's going to hit the base of the post. And the guy next to me, who I didn't really know, he just looked at me and said, wow, how did you know that? I said, Kane's limited in what he can do, but you can tell what he's going to do. It's either going to be power or a curl, but it's not that super curl and it's not that dip over the wall yet. He hasn't got that. And obviously he did the one against City, which was close as well, but outside of the post. Now, it was unlucky that, I mean, he started coming into it late, like you said. We were better with 10 men attacking-wise, and obviously they dropped back. But we were 
apart from Lucas, and I thought Sanchez was okay. Um, to be fair, was our best defender until that moment. Um, and that moment's probably divisive, but it was a pen. Um, it definitely was a pen because we got one like that. Um, Shaka on Son in the same end when Son had already passed the ball and Shaka came and cleaned him out. So it's a pen. We were we were awful. We were absolutely awful. And we deserved what we got. We definitely deserved what we got. So, so But Lamella, but Lamella though, that was the first time he's been sent off. Yeah, Given yeah. the fact that every Spurs fan thinks he's going to get sent off every game, that was the first time he got sent off. So I'm there cursing him, and I called him ludicrous because I thought it was actually ludicrous action. The tackle was ludicrous, and the handoff was ludicrous. You're not Dembele. You've got to do that when you're in motion. If you don't do it when you're in motion, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. And he could have been sent off in the first five minutes of coming on the amount of little kicks and flicks at players he was having. But he gets away with it. And this is why he continues to do it, even on the yellow card, because he'd never been sent off before. But he got found out today. He did, he did. Or yesterday. He did, he did. And it was a shame, man. But I guess we just had to had to reset and go again, really. Which uh, means, like, you know, we've got a game coming up against Villa. Must win. They're all must wins now, to be honest with you. They're all must wins now, 17, 17 cup finals, I counted. Yeah, if yeah, we yeah, go all the yeah. way, 17 cup finals. So, these are these are big, big games. Um, Villa, I don't know if Grealish will be back by then. Is he back? Um, so, Smith said that uh, the plan is to hopefully have him back for that game. Yeah. And, and Barkley didn't start the last game, so I, but he might be coming back from injury as well. Given how close he came to signing him he's going to want to prove a point because oh yes that's just what they're like um so we'll have to see how that goes but you know we should we should be approaching that game with a lot of confidence Villa are a team that whilst they are counter-attacking they like to play so we should be going for it um I would I don't know how we're going to manage Son's injury. Last time Son was supposed to be out for like a month and a bit, he came back to the next game. So we don't know. United, we don't, yeah. yeah, we don't know how bad it's going to be, but we, we look forward to seeing how we manage that. Um, and then obviously we've got, before that, we've got um, the game against Zagreb on Thursday, which is a massive game. Difficult oh, game. It's a massive game, difficult game as well. Um, I think we, sh- we should have really, we should have really put the game to bed. Um Maybe like a, we probably should have got another couple goals, but we didn't. We sh- so here we, we should have had a penalty in that game, though. I don't know what. The yeah, AR that was, was flipping disgusting and was not spoken about enough. Um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, I think we can still get we can get it done. I just don't think we should underestimate what it's going to take to get over the line. A hundred percent. I think I think we may not have much in the tank for Villa. To be honest with you, I see this game going, and I'm predicting it now. I see this game going one nil Zagreb. Really? Yeah, one nil. They're going to go up one nil, and it's going to be that game where we need to throw everything um, at them to either get a goal, or we're going to have to hold that one um, that one goal advantage. Please bear in mind that we do not have Hoybier for that game. We have not gone into a game this season without Hoybier, a meaningful game without Hoybier. I'm not saying he's been fantastic in every game. He's looked leggy, he's looked tired, shattered in recent weeks. And I'm not surprised because he's played pretty much every single minute of the Premier League and is always coming on 
when we play badly in Europe when he's been rested. So we are going to miss him in the middle of the park um, on Thursday, especially if it gets tough. Now, we have defensive frailty, so if they do go our new up, can you imagine if we don't hit back straight away, how are we going to play? Are we going to go back into our shell? Are we going to go attacking? Marino said last week we need to go attacking. We didn't get the third goal. But given our history, I'm not so sure we do go attacking, and I think we may try and hold on, and that will be dangerous. That would be very dangerous and something I'm not just I just do not want to see. It's not a risk I feel like we should we 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 have to take right now. We shouldn't put ourselves in a position of trying to do that. But I mean this is one thing I don't know what's going on in Mourinho's head. I have no clue. We have to go for the goal. We have to go for the goal. Two new up, go for it, cash them, because they're gonna obviously have to come out. Go three new up, away goal. You take the risk, right? And if you do concede, then you can manage the game. Like he likes to do, but I don't think we sit back. No, we, we can't do because I think if if we go to, if we were to go two 0 down, the impetus is already with them because you're playing away from home. Yep. So you know it, you might as well go three 0 down really. So look, hopefully we go for it. Who knows what our team is going to look like? We're just hoping. Dyer will be playing. We're just hoping that we just hope that <laughs> it'll be a better it'll be a better turnout and performance. Davies will be score. playing. Davies, I don't even mind. You know the guy tries hard. I never mind. I'll take it. Played all right on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. So yeah, man. Um, Hart will be playing. No, I'm joking. He won't. No, no relax, won't. relax, relax, <laughs> Andrew, relax. Don't be saying these things so frivolously. Um, yeah, but let's. Yeah, so I mean, that's where we are. It was a disappointing, um, disappointing performance. But let's not forget the work that's been done over the the weeks leading up to that. Maybe who knows? Maybe Mourinho's learned a lesson. Maybe he's learned a lesson. Do you reckon? Nah. But we live in hope. Yeah. We live in hope. Yeah. So, um, yeah, until next time, I guess that's it for me. Remember, you can follow us on the Shelf Pod on Twitter. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review because we only give you five-star content. Um, it's been uh, it's been a very disappointing... It's been a very disappointing moment. I can't shake it, man. I can't shake it. But season's not over. And I'm looking forward to more questions being answered in the run into the end of the season. We didn't get this one, guys, but we'll be back. Because remember, the sun always shines on the shelf side. So, until next time, Lero, run the outro.